You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, yo, what up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow with NBA Draft Junkies, and he had to come back on again. We didn't get a chance to cover all the prospects that we wanted to discuss on the episode that aired on Monday, but it is Ignacio Rosito. I, 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 I want to get 100%. I keep getting about 75-80% correct pronunciation <laughs> on the name. Uh- yeah, yeah, from, risotto, but yeah. Oh, risotto, risotto. Come on, right? Close enough. Got to get that. All right. He's from ID Prospects, one of the best sites out as far as like covering international prospects. And I mean, just the NBA draft, but just overall, they just have a really good team of writers. And this episode is brought to you by Locked On Thursdays. Oh, I'm sorry. Thursdays on Locked On NBA. Thursdays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and whose is down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Ignacio, how's everything going for you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm actually fresh off finishing FIBA tournaments. I've been watching them. For a good part of the past two months, a lot of, um, you know, going to bed at 2 a.m. after watching a game, waking up at 6 a.m. to watch another game. Uh, a, a lot of that type of, um, you know, uh, Work. experience. Yeah. So, but yeah. T- touch on that real fast. Like, I don't think people understand how crazy your work ethic has to be to really understand this these international prospects in this draft space because i same thing there's times i'm up at four o'clock in the morning there's times (laughs) i'm up at six i mean i've had days where i went to bed at four then i got up at six just because if you're watching like fila international ball during the summer depending on where the tournament is at i mean even just for the olympics i was getting up earlier not going to bed at a certain time and you know it's like really it's a grind. I mean, I know people like to use that word loosely, but you really have to put in the time and the hours. And a lot of times when you're doing this, you're not being compensated for it. You're not being rewarded for it. You're hoping that happens down the line, but it is a lot of, it's a lot of work and time and sacrifice of a social life. And some, I realize some guys don't have a social life period, so that's why (laughs) they can do it. So yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because especially during the summer. I mean, there's tournaments that were going on all over the world at all crazy different time zones. And you want to watch them live. At least I do. For me, I do watch games like the replay, but when it's like the FIBA tournaments, I like to watch them live. And, you know, this whole draft Twitter community, it's like you're watching them live with your friends who you've never met before. So (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one that has a weird sleeping schedule. No, I mean, I, I will say this, like if someone tells you that they watch every game of FIBA tournaments this summer, they they, they obviously lying yeah. because, you know, um, in, in the best case scenario, you might have four games in a day. Um, a worst case scenario, like it happened with the 
um, European challengers this summer, you might have 18 games in a day. Yep. So I think at the end of the day, it's just like, let me put it this way. It's just like going out drinking with your friends. You have to be smart about it. You have to pace yourself because if if you try to go out, if you go out and drink from every bottle in the first hour, you're going to burn out quickly. It's the same with basketball. Be smart about it. Uh, you, you, you end up learning the tactics about, okay, which team should I watch? Should I watch this game that ended up, you know, that the winning team ended up winning by 70? No, I don't think so. I might wait for a more competitive game. That, that sort of stuff definitely, that sort of experience definitely helps you down the line. Yep, I, I agree 100%. All right, so we talked about Wimbayama and Adam Bona in the last episode. Who is another player that that stood out? And if you missed the first episode, we're, we're covering guys that we thought stood out and, and had a good 2021 summer as far as like helping their draft status or in Wimbayama's case, we knew he was number one, but kind of it was like his his uh, coming out party to the world. So who else stood out to you this summer? To me, probably the, the prospect that the top prospect between the 2022 eligible guys, and we can obviously link it to that, uh, that play this summer is Nikola Jovic yep. uh, from Serbia. Uh, Jovic, so- not Jokic. I know somebody's going <laughs> to listen to it and say, hey, didn't he just win MVP? Like, no, it's <laughs> Jovic. <laughs> yeah, and also the fact that he plays for the same team that Jokic played, and yep. also the fact that he's a six foot ten guy that can really pass the ball. It's going to confuse a lot of people. There's a lot of similarities there. Uh, but Jovic um, had really his breakthrough performance in an European tournament two or three months prior in ANGT. Uh, for those of you who do, do not know, take it, take ANGT. That's the biggest club competition among youth uh, academies in Europe. And Jovic just came in as a six foot 10 guy who could handle the ball, create a own shot from the outside, drive to the basket. Uh, and this is not six ten in the sense that, you know, Pokushevsky is seven feet, you know, he's six foot 10, really strong, strong, lower able, body, strong. Yeah. yeah. Able Physical. to bully you. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think the under-19 World Cup was kind of him reprising that same type of performance in, in the sense that he was able to do all those perimeter things, uh, but also showing himself, I think, even more comfortable as a shooter off the dribble, uh, which is, to me, is, is crazy thinking about a, a six-foot-10 prospect. The big question with him is, is the defense and it's going to be the defense from here until draft night in 2022. But I think with just that fire, offensive firepower uh, is someone that that you have to to consider as one of the biggest risers of the summer. Now, am I crazy here? But I saw a little bit of Jason Tatum in his game as far as how he likes to play isolation basketball in the mid post sometimes the shot selection could be a little questionable in the mid post but he loves to get the ball and he can pass I think he's a better passer right now than than Tatum is I think he's more of a natural 
playmaker, but there are a lot of possessions where he's going to get the ball in the mid post and he's going to isolate. He's going to, the ball is going to stop and he's going to dribble and, and shoot a, a step back or a fadeaway. But I mean, not necessarily saying that him and Tatum are the same player, but I see similarities in how they can like the ball in the same spots. And, and it looks like to me, he watches Tatum film and he uses yeah. some of Tatum's moves, whether it's, like I said, at the mid post or, or the elbows, but mostly like in, in the short corner where he likes to to post up. So that was one of the things that that I noticed. Yeah, definitely. And I really do appreciate that mentality of which happens with a lot of European prospects that they are taught to play, quote unquote, the right way. And that means, you know, not self-create, pass out of shots like he's not going to pass out of sh- off a shot if, yep. he, if he can take it. He can take on that responsibility. And whenever you see a 18-year-old, 19-year-old just saying, okay, I- I'm carrying you offensively. I'm taking this offensive load and uh, I'm the guy on the team, uh, especially with European prospects. I-, I think it's something to to really highlight. And, you know, Jovic doesn't shy away from that responsibility. See, I'm glad I'm not the only one that saw that. <laughs> All right. When we return, I'll ask Ignacio about some of the prospects that I liked and see if that he had similar thoughts. Quick question. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you watch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're also trying to watch sports highlights on your phone and You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of all the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Of course, you have to have a compatible device. All right, welcome back. This is Rafael with NBA Draft Junkies with Ignacio Risotto. Yes. I got it. Got it. Yes. Variety of prospects. It took me like four times. Now, I want to ask him about about, um, his opinion on a prospect that, as of today, is my favorite international prospect that I saw this summer. There's a couple guys that I really, really like. But as far as that I saw in the, the FIBA tournaments this summer, he stood out to me the most. He's not eligible for the draft until I think what 23? 20, 24. 24. Oh, so still have a while to go. Yeah. <laughs> but Jan Vide. Yeah. This kid, and I mentioned him on a previous podcast and I butchered his name, is a hybrid of Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic. And it may be a lazy comparison because they're all Slovenian, but you can tell that he has studied these guys, their film to, I mean, to, to a science almost. What do you think about him as an NBA prospect or is it just me being such, I I fell in love with the entertainment aspect of it. 
I think I'm going to connect them to Luca and Dragic in this sense. And it's in the sense that he's super aggressive. Super um, aggressive. All, all me, layups and floaters. <laughs> to me, to me, he's a guy that, and he put up, if I recall correctly, something like 27, 27 points, points per game. Points yeah. per game. Uh, he was getting to the free throw line nearly at will. Yeah, one game, is, 22 times. Yeah, that, that's completely insane. And like we mentioned with Jovic, when you see a prospect that carries, is able to say, okay, I'm going to carry this load offensively uh, and, and I'm going to be the guy, it's, it's impressive. It's even more impressive when the guy is 16 years old. You yeah. know what I mean? So um, Bide is six foot five, uh, has the size of a two, can play, can play, on and off the ball, but you know, just the ability to create for himself is is incredible. And also, I will say that he's a he's an underrated defender. Uh, here, he kind of got um, hidden because obviously the offensive load he carried. But when he plays for Real Madrid, which club team, uh, like they put him on the best perimeter player on the opposing team. And let him just cover the point of attack, and he does it pretty well. So, yeah, just a, a, a two way thread that it's going to be interesting to see how he continues to develop going into 2024. Yeah, I mean, it's still a ways away. Quick question in your opinion, how many NBA prospects does Real Madrid have in their system right now? Wow. Uh, I, should I estimated start this- 10 just off the top of my head. That's that's yeah i i don't want to start counting them but there's probably one in 2003 there's three in 2004 there's maybe there's four in 2004 and probably around two in 2005 so that means there's like eight prospects in three years seven prospects in three years and we are not counting they have Probably the best other prospect sent after Victor Wembanyama is Declan Duru. He's born 2007, so he's not going to be eligible until 2026. But oh, that's the kid they just went... signed right from Russia? Uh, no, that's Egor. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, Declan Duru is just went to the under-16 tournaments, played two years up in age, and was just incredible athletically. He's from Germany. And his, oh, okay. Me, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He he's going to be the baseline. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's going to be the next, the next guy. And he's from Real Madrid as well. So yeah, 10 seems like even a conservative estimate, you know? Yeah. All right. Who else stood out to you? Uh, just quickly and trying to uh, not, not, not get too caught up, but from the under 18 tournament, a lot of guys born 2004, so they're playing one year up in age. I think had had really good tournaments. Dragos Lungu from Romania is one of my mm-hmm. favorite guys going into that 2023 tournament. A six foot six wing initiator uh, can shoot the ball, aggressive driver. He's going into NBA Academy, which has historically been really good at developing prospects. I can't wait to see what they do with him. Uh, then Henry Vesar from my Estonia. guy. He came yeah. on my podcast last year. I, I, I talked to him. 
you know, every once in a while on, on social media. I mean, he's just a great kid, and um, I'm definitely rooting for him. I know he had a strong tournament also, so. Definitely broke out in this tournament, was kind of hidden in that Real Madrid team just because they are so stacked that he, you know, was coming off the bench. He was really aggressive here, uh, just physical, dominating. He's a six foot 11 center that can put the ball on the floor, shoot threes, protect the rim. Uh, really, really stood out. And then from the 2005 tournaments, we talked about Duru. If I can get one more guy before we go, is uh, Ruben Prey from Portugal, born 2005. Uh, six foot nine guy. Uh, can do a bit of everything. Uh, I wish I would have seen him do more on-ball stuff. I know he's done those sort of things in Spain where he uh, plays for Juventud, uh, but a, a versatile six to nine forward uh, on and off the ball. And one more guy, uh, Alexandre Sar, he's going into overtime elite. Mm -hmm. uh, his motor run kind of runs hot and cold. But when he's son, he's one of the best prospects in his generation just because of the combination of size, length, uh, ability to put the ball on the floor and ability to use that size and length to block shots and be a, an interior presence. And Saar and Wimbenyama have the same agent. So, yeah, they are. They're. Uh, I mean, he's, they're gonna it, make that guy. They're gonna make that guy some money. I would say. Yeah, and he's. I mean, it's a friend of mine, Buna and Jai. He already has Gobert, in mm. Batum, and Fournier, and almost the whole dang French national team. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's he's already loaded. But now, I mean, you know, if you're just thinking about the projection of NBA contracts going forward. I mean, those guys are going to get half a million, half a billion dollar contracts, I should say. I mean, if we're already at, you know, guys getting 250 now, so you got to figure 10 years from now, guys are going to sign for five years, $500 million contracts, which is insane. But I remember thinking, wow, $100 million is insane. So that's... Yeah. Times change. Times change, change a, a lot. All right, when we return, I want to talk about the 2022 NBA draft and some of the top international prospects. All right, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, which I hope that you have, but if not, and you're a new listener, then I have to tell you about Built Bar. You guys that have been listening know how I feel about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market, and it's the best tasting because it tastes just like a candy bar. It has a lot of different flavors. There's something for everyone. So when you talk about a person like myself that's a Built Bar fan, we love to talk about our favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, there's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and also German chocolate. I'm still eating the box that I received from the live draft show. And it has a lot of the salted caramel in there. But that's that's the flavor that I've been eating at least twice a day. I still have about 20 left. So that's how big the, the box was. But the reason I love it is because, like I said, it is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It has 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories are ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. And only 4 or 5 grams net carbs. It's amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. Order today, you can get your grasshopper cookie or your raspberry, whatever you like. 
And Built Bar was the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. It is that time of year again, and all the eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron, and they are ready to start football season if they didn't already start. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Please head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on today's September 9th season opener between the Dallas Cowboys and the Super Bowl champion. That's weird to say. Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts, and the promo code is locked on. All right, welcome back. This is Raphael, NBA Draft Junkies. Got my guest. I'm going to try to get it right. Ignacio Risotto. Excellent. Yeah. Got it. Got it right. So this Let's that's kind of like been my my personal challenge of mastering the name before the end of the podcast. All right, 2022 NBA draft. So I, I in my opinion, I think the the number one international prospect is Yannick Sosa. Yes. Which is debatable. I mean, some people may go with, with Jovic, who we, we mentioned before. What are your thoughts on, on Sosa? And I'm it seems like he's hurt. Like I've, I've tried to watch a couple of preseason games. I think he's played one game and he didn't play a lot of minutes in that game. But what are your thoughts on him? And if you had to compare him to anyone, who would you compare him to? I think Sosa is probably the best defensive player in the international game that, I, that we've seen in a while. Obviously not counting Wembanyama, who is just, another level of freakishness of nature. But Sosa is just an incredible rim protector, but also an incredible switch defender at six foot 11. Uh, I don't think we've seen someone with his level of mobility in, in space and ability to turn his hips and length and size. Um, he's also very raw offensively, but I think if you put him in a you know, limited role of offensive rebounding, love catching, um, you know, getting the ball in the dunker spot, I think he will do extremely well. It's not like he has bad hands or anything like that. That's going to be a detriment to his offensive contribution. It's just going to be limited. I think there's flashes there of him putting the ball on the floor and et cetera, but I don't think Big flashes. they are... Yeah, I think big I don't think flashes. I think there are like the highlights, the highlight video that we put together looks amazing, but I think it's 
very, very sporadic moments that, you know, w- without that consistency, I wouldn't take it as a part of his game right now. Yep. See, he's in this weird category where I described him as raw, but polished raw, if that makes sense. <laughs> <Or> that <laughs> makes some sense. Yeah. Well, like, on one hand, it sounds like an oxymoron, but he's definitely raw. You can tell that he's new to the game, but at the same time, the areas that he's good at, he seems polished for a raw prospect, like his touch around the rim, like the soft touch finishes. That's something yeah. that usually guys develop really later. Either they just don't have it when they're a raw prospect. His understanding of the game still seems raw, but at the same time, it's like, how good is he going to be in five years once he really, really puts it together? I mean, he, like sometimes, like for example, Abu Baji, Ibu or Baji is one of my favorite prospects. He is still raw and he plays raw. Like, I mean, outside of him being a freakish athlete, you see him make these plays and he's like running over somebody or just wild turnovers or whatever. Sosa doesn't have those. I mean, like like I said, if if there's a way to describe somebody as raw and polished at the same time, I know it doesn't make sense. It won't make sense to some, but some people will get it. When you see it, when you see it, they'll know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, the part about his game that I love the most is he seems like this guy that, you know, he just started playing basketball about five years ago. And if the coach says, just go out there and play hard, he plays hard. He sprints every play. Like you have to love the, just the uniqueness and the, I'm trying to think of a word to describe it, but just the, the joy that he seems to have in playing like, he just knows, all right, if the ball is in transition, I have to sprint hard every single play. And that's what he does. I mean, he sprints hard every play. And, I mean, it's like a purity in, in his game of how he yeah. plays, which is what I, I really love about him. And I think he's going to be a scary, scary prospect or scary talent within in five years once he, like, really develops. And one of my friends uh, is, is Michael Eric, who is on his team, and I, I would – just so happened to be at a wedding. I live in Dallas, Dallas, Texas. I was at a wedding in Houston and, and Michael was there. And uh, I was like, man, where are you? Uh, what do you think you're playing this year? He says, he says, funny you ask. I literally just got the contract in my phone like 30 minutes ago. And this is while he's <laughs> at a wedding. And so when he told me that he was going to be playing in, in Malaga, I was like, oh, you'll be playing with, with Sosa. And so he was like, yeah, he's like, man, the kid is, 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 is really good. So now I'm, I'm curious to see if, how they're going to divide the minutes because they they both yeah. play the same position and so there's you know the the friend of me is rooting for Michael to you know and he yeah. had like 19 <laughs> points and in, in their preseason or their friendly game a couple of days ago but also I want to see Sosa so I'm curious yeah. to see how that how that turns out yeah there's like going back to your point about um you know him being polished but raw there's kind of a degree of he does things that you can't really teach but he does those things really well it's just like some of the things just come natural to him yeah yeah that's that's hard to explain but you and he also has incredible feel for where to be defensively or what to do defensively it's to me it's 
it's scary how good defensively he's going to be on an NBA. And I think this is a guy that, to me, you can put it on an NBA floor on day one, and he's going to contribute defensively. The other stuff, you know, should come come up. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. All right, so if you have Sosa number one, so you would have Jovic two? Yes. Now, what are your thoughts on Dang, Dang, Omar Dang, So. Yeah, so Usman Jiang, to me, he's he's a really interesting prospect in the sense of, I always say bet on the prospects that are a certain height, like that are forward size and have some ability to dribble, pass, and shoot. And Jiang seems to have those abilities of dribble, passing, and, and shooting. He was someone who two years ago was running pick and rolls and throwing lobs at uh, Victor Wimbanyama uh, on, on the under-16 French team. He's also someone who has shown the ability to dribble the basketball and shoot off the dribble. Um, and he's more smooth than explosive with the ball in his hands. So he's going to be someone who really makes his game assisted by screens. He, yeah. He's going to use those screens to create space for drives, shots, or passes. Um, I would say that the reason why someone who is six foot nine and could run an offense is not number one in this generation for me and for a lot of people is that probably we haven't seen that explosiveness that translate into him making plays in traffic. Yeah. Um, but I think as a scheme player that makes stuff happen offensively out of screens he's going to be he's going to be incredible considering his size which varies depending on whose sources you ask but lately he's been um listed as six foot seven barefoot i i think that's how he's listed in the australian nbl website so i think that 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 size and with those perimeter skills are incredible well i kind of have a little intel in a sense as far as the size because i was in la i want to say it's like three weeks ago and i i had been working in la off and on for the past you know off and on this year so i i go to a pickup game and i'm watching a a friend of mine play and so i want to say like kevin looney was playing in this in this particular run um just a few guys college players and then I look and I'm like, man, the kid looks and I'm like, oh, so then my friend is like, oh, yeah, that's 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 the kid. Uh, and he says, that's that's Usman Jang. So I'm like, oh, OK. So I'm watching him and then um, he didn't stand out in these games, but it was because he had worked out earlier in the day. And then when I caught like the tail end of the runs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, runs get kind of sloppy after they've played like five or yeah. six games. But I had heard like prior to me coming and in the days before that he had looked really, really good. And one of the comparisons somebody made was they thought he was a Michael Porter Jr. type player. Oh, so I've been seeing Paul George, but in these particular runs, he wasn't, he wasn't playing pick and roll. Like he didn't have the, I mean, you know, they're usually mostly guards anyway. So when he did have the ball, he was kind of spotting up shooting, kind of putting the ball on the floor. But I would say he's I'd, – I'd say he's about 6'8", just because I had a chance to sit there and, and talk with him afterwards. We exchanged numbers. And then I even sent him the video breakdown that I made for him on my on my YouTube channel. 
very good kid very like i mean respectful kind of receptive there's no i'm projected to be a top 10 pick next year there's no like yeah 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 air about him like that just just very very nice kid you know whenever i send him a message he replies and so i had told him i'm looking forward to watching him play and uh, but yeah so now as far as his height i I would say he's a legit six eight okay yeah that sounds that sounds about that sounds about right and i think he last time that we watched him in france he was still skinny but I think that's something that I don't know how it looked for you out there in those runs, but you know, that's something that I think he can work on. And because he's definitely going to need it to be able to dribble the ball in traffic and be able to make stuff happen, whether that is getting to the line or, you know, getting that extra defender on, on, on drives. I think that, you know, that physical development is going to be really important for him. Yep. All right. Now, is there anyone else that you think from inter- from the international pool that could be a first-round pick in 2022? I got one more guy. I don't know if you would consider him international since he's moving to overtime elite, but I'm talking about John Montero from the Dominican Republic. He was, Love his game. Yeah. He was recently playing for Gran Canaria. He he kind of had his breakthrough playing for Dominican Republic at another 16 tournament where he was pretty much alone in that team, just scoring and assisting and doing uh, almost everything. And he spent two years in the B team of Gran Canaria playing third division in Spain, again, being the, the main guy for that team. And now he's, he's moving to overtime elite. I just think that his touch from all levels of the floor is incredible. Yeah. I just think that his touch, whether we're talking about floaters, whether we're talking about um, any type of shot around the basket, but especially from tough three pointers. And I think, you know, he's not the most explosive guy, not the biggest guy. I think he's measured at six foot two, but just that, that touch and that ability to put the ball in the basket is going to take him really Yeah, I like him a lot. My first time seeing him live was at Basketball Without Borders in 2020. Yeah. I thought he was the best player there. I thought he, he was. T- but he didn't. I think uh, Hook Porty won MVP. Yeah. And then um, Josh Giddy played in that, in, in that particular tournament. But I thought Montero was man he was fun to watch i mean there were guys uh um Bulgarian that was drafted by yeah, boston he was there as well played in that yeah. in that tournament I, I have to look at my notes but i thought he was the best player and i even told an agent i said hey you should really recruit this kid he says oh man he's small he's good and he just kind of had his doubts and i even broke down a video why i think he could be an nba prospect and so not saying that he's trey young but the same doubts that people had about Trey Young, he's too small, he's not physical enough, doesn't pass the eye test as far as just like physical attributes or some of the same things that this particular this agent was saying about Montero. But I think he's going to do well. I, I, I mean, I can probably say that, well, I think that out of all the players, other than maybe like Jalen Hardy, but I think he could be the best player coming out of the overtime elite, 
Australia mm-hmm. NBL or even G League. I think you can make he has a chance to be the second best player coming out of that that group. Yeah, 100%. I think those questions around Montero have been here for the longest time. You know, when he went to that 2019 U16 tournament, U16 Americas, he was playing AAU and he was playing high school in the US and he wasn't even ranked. Yeah. And obviously before anyone could rank him, uh, he ends up going and playing professionally overseas. But I remember doing a podcast about that time, about 2019, and me losing my mind about get your stuff together. This guy can be unranked. This yeah. is a five star, et cetera, et cetera. But he played and well also- for I forgot which team it was, but he in the EYBL, he played mm-hmm. well that summer. I think it was like U15 or something like that. It was the U15 team. I, I don't remember the team, but yeah, he was playing well, but he and you could see he was good, but when he exploded in, in that tournament, I, I wish I had the stats here, but I think it was around 30 points per, per game, uh, put 47 points on Argentina, which is something completely insane. So you 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 could definitely see that something something was there with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. Well, thank you, man, for coming on again. Let the audience know where they can find you, your work, and this awesome website that you are one of the founders of. I, I really appreciate you like giving me the, the opportunity to be here. And hey, whenever you need me to come here and rant about international prospects, uh, let me know because I, I'll be back. But uh, yeah, you can follow me at Airball on Twitter, E-Y-R-E Ball. You can follow the ID Prospects accounts on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, where at ID Prospects. And also our website, id-prospects.com, where we talk about, like you imagine, international prospects, uh, especially those coming two, three, four years uh, down in the pipeline. Uh before they're NBA draft eligible. So if that's something you're interested, uh, we, we got you covered there. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate it for doing back-to-back episodes with me. This definitely won't be the last. I look forward to, you know, doing more work with you. Once again, it's Rafael, NBA Draft Junkies, with Ignacio Risotto from ID Prospects. We yes. are out. <laughs>